Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Here's a short thought I wanted to bring. I'm just going to jump straight into the Bible. We're going to finish with that first song. Um, it's out of Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 to 15. We're in a series at the moment where we're talking about Jesus in the marketplace. And I think this is a phenomenal series to be in because we're really confronting this idea that those of us, and I'll say us, myself included, I'm employed in the church, uh, are considered ministers and those that are not employed in the church are not considered ministers. And I just want to confess to you that that is completely false. That anybody who is a follower of Jesus is in fact a minister of the gospel. Now, I want to be very clear that it means us changing our paradigm of what ministry is. Not everybody is going to grab a microphone and speak as powerfully and passionately as Pastor Rob, who was able to say twice two words that I've never said publicly from the pulpit this morning. That started with P and had the word Rick inside it. That I'm not even comfortable to say now. Pastor Rob, you can honestly say things I would never dream of saying and you rock it and I love it. And I've gone back and censored it out. The light, no, I haven't. I love <laughs> that, that is a gift that Pastor Rob has and it's a gift as a church that we celebrate and we enjoy, but that in and of itself is not ministry. Ministry is a life lived following Jesus and obedient to Him that says yes to whatever opportunity He gives. That is ministry. Now, my short few minutes with you, I want to talk about your work is your worship. Your work is your worship. So listen to this with me out of Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 to 15. Then the Lord formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he placed the man he had formed. The Lord God caused to grow out of the ground every tree, pleasing in appearance and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden, as well as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 10, a river went out from Eden to water the garden, From there it divided and became the source of four rivers. The name of the first river is Pishon, which flows through the entire land of Hilavah. I have no idea how to pronounce some of these. Where there is gold. Gold from that land is pure. Onyx is also there. The name of the second river is Gihon. See, I skipped a word. (laughs) Which flows, hey, it's a gift. It's a gift. I didn't say I'm a preacher like Pastor Rob which flows through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris, which runs east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Verse 15, the Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. To work it and watch over it. First off, I just want to highlight two quick thoughts and hopefully condense them down. Scripture starts with the formation of mankind. That word God formed is literally the word used of a potter and clay. I don't know if you've ever done pottery before, but this idea of getting a lump of clay and moulding it and 
adjusting it and making it a work of art. That when it says there at the beginning of that portion of Scripture that God created man, He formed man, the literal word is that He moulded man. And the interesting thing is that He took two elements, took the dust of the earth and His own breath. It's interesting that even from the beginning, mankind has straddled the idea of the physical and the spiritual, the material and the extra the supernatural. Do you know that there is no separation between secular and sacred? Because from the beginning, God formed us of both. You have both in the world, but not of the world. Because the Spirit of God lives in you and has breathed life in you. And so there is life beating in your heart from the very breath of God. And He forms you. This idea of following Jesus is we get to come into a relationship with God and He moulds us and He shapes us through the journey. Just like a potter does the clay. But the finish of this Scripture, the Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. Here's a thought that I want to submit to you tonight to run with in the marketplace. That God created people for a purpose. And sometimes we think the purpose was for an extended time of R&R. The life is about what we can enjoy and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. In fact, in the creation account, there is a whole day that God set aside to rest. It says that He worked six days and then on the seventh day, He entered into this thing that the Scriptures call the Sabbath, which is the day of rest. And yes, we are designed to rest. But in the midst of that, our God Himself showed an example of work, of taking creation, and forming it and moulding it, taking the hidden potential, the gems available, the resources handed, and through gifts and abilities, shaping them to something effective, divine and sacred. We are created to work. In fact, one of the things that I see most common in the lives of people that struggle is that they lost their will or way of work. What am I effective at? What am I good at? What am I doing with my life? Overwhelmed and drowned out. So the truth is we don't need more entertainment. The truth is that we need to learn more about the gifts and the grace that God has installed in us and live out of that. God created us for work and then to watch over it. That word work in the original language there, the original Hebrew, is a word that's, pops up multiple times in the Old Testament. And it means service. It means to serve at something. It means to do something. But it doesn't just mean that. It also literally means to be a worshipper. Do you know that your work is an act of worship? Do you know that whatever you do as work is an act of worship because God created you to be a creative And that is a gift to the world. Whether you sell tyres, whether you work as a hairdresser, whether you're a graphic designer, whether you're in medicine, whether you're a vet, whether you're a groundskeeper, whether you're a social media manager, whether you dig drills or you drill holes in the ground, (laughs) whether you flip burgers at McDonald's, whether you roast coffee beans, 
Whatever you do is actually an act of worship. And for have anybody look down on you for anything that you do that is created and a gift is to rob you of purpose and destiny. There's this amazing scripture in Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 that says, For I know the purpose and plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for a future and a hope. And it's a fantastic scripture. But if you just say that portion, you're taking it out of context because in the lead up to that scripture, God's people have been taken into exile into a land that is not their own. They've been stripped of their identity. They've been conquered by an enemy. And in the lead up to that scripture, God says some very important things. He says, when you go into the land that you've been led into, build homes, plant gardens, marry, grow your family, pray for the peace of your city. For the plans I have for you are to prosper you. The most powerful thing is to take your workplace and see it as a sacred space. Something Pastor Rob said this morning is that we need to create altars wherever we work because wherever you work, the presence of God is. But if you're not creating a space to live out your walk with Jesus, I promise you that vacuum is being filled up with something else. An influence that would seek to rob people from experience the love and light of Jesus. Now, I'm not telling each and every one of you on Monday to walk into your workplace wearing a Jesus hat with a megaphone, although you can if you want, and it starts screaming. No, no, it's just about living an authentic life that is real. You'd be surprised that just by making a decision of living an authentic life, how God can move through you because your work is actually an act of worship and God meets you there. I worked for 10 years at McDonald's. I worked my way up, not because I wanted to, but because it was the only job I could get in my small country town that allowed me to both lead a youth ministry as a volunteer and then help out and serve in my church on a Sunday morning. I worked up from the person who would just wash the equipment at night time to running the restaurant. And again, I felt like I was in Babylon. I felt like I was in exile, that this was not what I wanted to do with my life. And I developed a fantastic rotten attitude about the whole thing. Until I was challenged by God, my work is an act of worship. I started walking into that workplace when I was the first one there and dedicating it to Jesus. I started in the middle of rushes and stressful positions, walking around and praying under my breath. I started praying the love of God. I started praying for protection. I started to keep and protect it because not only was Adam called to work the garden, he was called to watch over it. That word watch means to keep, to protect, to guard, to steward. You're called to worship in your work, but you're also called to protect what God's given you in it. And I know what it's like to struggle through a workplace that is difficult, but you know your presence there, however long you are there, should be felt. You are an agent of change because as you worship God with your life, He works and meets through you. And you might be thinking, well, I work from home and I'm on the internet or things like that, but you're engaging with customers and maybe you're the person who's unlocking their potential and their dreams. Whatever you do, if you do it to honour the Lord, He meets you where you're at and your potential is unlocked. Here's some thoughts for you to run with. 
What can you do? Put your heart into what you do. Put your heart into what you do. Colossians 3, 23, 24 says this, whatever you do, whatever you do. I'm going to say it again. Whatever you do, work with it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving, whatever you do. I think that's powerful that that thought of Scripture, whatever you do, do with all your heart. Because I know as well as anybody else that it's possible to do things and not have your heart in it. I don't know how many times I've been caught doing things without my heart in it. And I think I've missed out on what God would want to deposit in me through it. Even the tough and difficult things. But just by positioning your heart, what can you do to worship God in your work? Put your heart into it. If you don't love it, love the people that you're working with. If you don't love the people that you're working with, who's going to shine the light for you? You could be the only person who is authentically living for Jesus that they ever meet in their entire life. Put your heart into it. Your customers may experience the love of God through you just because of your kindness. I'm not talking about you bashing them and getting a Bible and just throwing it at them. I'm talking about you being authentic because you never know the seeds that are sown. My family met Jesus when I was 16 years old. My father gave his heart to Christ after receiving four sessions of counselling from a local pastor after my father had a breakdown as an ambulance officer because he went to crash sites and started to see mine and my brother's faces on the crash victims. And he was set up with this council because the only Christians that we knew in our entire lives, in our entire lives, had been praying for my family for seven years. Seven years and we'd never set foot in their church. My dad had an agreement with them. If you mention the name of Jesus, I'm going to clock you one. <laughs> seven years they prayed for an opportunity. And it just so happened that they are the ones that my father sought out when he broke down. I don't think that's an accident. I think that's a divine appointment. Your work is an act of worship. So what can you do about it? Give your heart to what you do. I'm going to seal the deal in a moment if the team can come join me. Just so appreciate the team. They've been leading so well tonight. What else can you do? Let God mould you and shape the potential He's placed inside you. Lord God formed man Formed man. And in Isaiah 64, 8, it says, But now, O Lord, you are the father, we are the clay, and you are the potter. We are the work of your hand. The work of his hand. Allow God to shape you, even in the mundane, even in the moments that you'd want to give up, even in the opportunities to walk away. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. If you're in an abusive environment, I'm not saying to stay there. But I am saying, when the going gets tough, you are tough. And you can get going and allowing God to form you and shape you, even through those moments. And finally, I'd say, partner with God with where you're at. 1 Corinthians 3, 6-9. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So then neither one who plants or the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to his own labour. Here we go, verse 9. For we are God's co-workers. 
For we are God's co-workers. You are God's field, God's building. Here's the truth. God wants to partner with you. I used to say, because it was said to me that God wants to use you. People used to say, Chris, God wants to use you. God wants to use you. I don't say that anymore. I don't say that over anybody. I don't pray that over anybody anymore. Because the Scripture is like that. You are actually God's co-worker. He doesn't want to use you. He wants to utilise you. He wants to work with you and through you. He does not control you. You are not a robot. The most powerful thing that God has given anybody in creation is the power of choice. You have the power to choose. But if you choose to be His co-worker, then He'll work with you, in you and through you wherever you're at. Mankind is made from the dust of the earth and the breath of God. You are both sacred and secular. You're both material and supernatural. You marry the two together so that God can work in you and through you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.